Welcome to another episode of Corona Cold Reads, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Every Tuesday and Saturday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, we're getting together on YouTube Live to broadcast a cold reading of a Shakespeare play. Our actors run the gamut from um, non-professional actors to some of the biggest names in uh, North American classical theater. Um, But what we all have in common is just a really genuine love of Shakespeare and In these uncertain, really genuinely scary times, um, what makes us feel better is getting together and listening to the text and exploring these stories together. So hopefully these episodes will bring you comfort as well, and you'll enjoy them as much as we enjoyed recording them. Um, All of the videos are available on our YouTube channel, which you just search My Entertainment World. Um, as well as on our website, myentertainmentworld.ca, where you can find the full cast lists, um, as well as lots of other articles and all of our other content that we have going up all the time. Um, also, you should follow us on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's both myentworld, my ENT world. Um, there you'll see, be able to see highlights from all of the recordings, um, as well as you can get the links to watch us live. Um, But we also have all sorts of content created just specifically for those platforms. In addition to, um, that's where you can find links to all of our website content as well, which is myentertainmentworld.ca. The videos do stay up after the live recordings. You can watch them after the fact, or you can catch the audio version in the podcast feed, um, which is you just search My Entertainment World in uh, iTunes, and there you'll find all of our different podcast series where we have the favorite series, the Shakespeare series, the nominee interview series, uh, Corona Cold Reads, Corona Movie Club, Season 1, Episode 1, and the My Entertainment World podcast. Um, Tons of different things happening. There's never been a better time to subscribe to our podcast we have so much content happening right now um but you're here for corona cold reads for shakespeare um so these are cold reads for the most part uh, our actors did not have more than a day maybe two if they're lucky um to look over the text if they wanted to most of them didn't have the chance to so it is just them sitting down and reading it cold um, so you'll you'll be able to hear that there will be some rocky moments and sometimes when we may have to pause and um, wonder why somebody's got their zoom on mute or you know how things happen. Um, we're all adjusting to these new technologies to cope with what we're going through right now. So I hope you enjoy. Next, we have another of the lesser known Shakespeare plays. This one's Timon of Athens. And um, I think that Shakespeare's lesser known plays really fall largely into two categories. There are ones that you read them and you're like, yep, I understand why this is pretty lesser known. It's not exactly Hamlet. And the it sort of reinforces that idea that the cream rises to the top. And, you know, Hamlet becomes Hamlet and Pericles remains Pericles. Um, that actually doesn't hold true through the whole canon. And there are a lot of plays, not a lot, there's a handful of plays Um, that I've never quite understood why they didn't catch on. What is it about these plays that makes them somehow less producible, less commercial, less whatever um, than some of the others? My favorite example is probably Coriolanus. Uh, I think that's a a genius play. Um, And it's so confusing to me as to why Coriolanus isn't as prominent as, say, Macbeth. Um, It's... There, there are some really wonderful gems at sort of the bottom of the canon. And one of those is Timon of Athens, which I'm very fond of. I think it is an incredibly moving story. 
with a lot of complexity and a ton of resonance. Um, I think it's really resonant on a personal level as well as like in a, in a contemporary sense. It's got a lot to say about capitalism. It's got a lot to say about community and a lot to say about human relationships and the ways in which we value each other and whether we're there for each other and how that manifests itself. Um, and I think that the way that community builds itself around someone who has something to offer um, and then, but it's not really about who that person is. It's about what that person can do for you, I think is a, is a really large problem that we don't look at as closely as we should, because so many of us are the perpetrators of it. We are, we are the people who attend Timon's party and then abandon him um, it, later in the play. Um, so that's sort of what you need to know about Timon in terms of plot is basically he's this rich guy, um, obviously from Athens, who throws a lot of parties and gives lends people a lot of not lends but like gifts people a lot of money, and he's a patron. And then it turns out that he loses all his money, or he just overspends and he lives beyond his means. And when he finds himself without any money, he goes to all these people who he has provided for. Um, for all these years and they all deny him and they all have a self-preservational attitude that is the opposite of what he's always offered to them. And so he is left destitute and the rest of the play tracks um, his journey of how he deals with that and what happens when he acquires something new, having now been without um, there are a few characters in it who serve as sort of, um, truth tellers and, um, it, yeah, truth tellers is really the right, the right, um, sorry, my phone is going off. Um, truth tellers is really the right word for what these characters accomplish in the play. Um, so principally you've got Appamantis, who's a bit of a, a, a scholar philosopher character who's a skeptic and, um, here she's played by, well, it's a he, but we, she is played by Susan Bond, who is, um, one of our wisest players. Um, and she's great with sarcastic player, uh, sarcastic characters and people who are just relentless truth tellers. She was our Margaret in the Henry ad. Um, and so that character is, quite mocking of Timon and uh, calls him a fool and calls him out for um, feeling as though like he, th he says sort of that he should have seen this coming and he doesn't understand humanity and all these sort of interesting things. He's a really interesting, one of Shakespeare's great philosopher characters. Um, you should definitely look out for him. He's a really great character. My favorite character is Flavius. Um, and so I've cast Scott Garland because he's, uh, throughout our canon, um, you can sort of trace Scott playing a, an arc of loyal servant characters. Um, the sort of the man behind the man who's got his back when everybody else doesn't. Um, Pisanio is one of these characters. Lear's Fool has a similar vibe, although it's really Kent who plays that role. But, um, you can sort of see that through line in Scott's resume of Corona Cold Reads. And here it tops off with Flavius, who I think is probably... Um, one, if not the defining uh, loyal servant character, he's certainly one of them. Um, and uh, yeah, he's just a, a testament to those who stay. 
Uh, he's a really wonderful character. Um, my friend David Armstrong joins us for this one. He plays Alcibiades, who is a, a military man. Uh, so it was lovely to have him on board. And then the rest of the company is all playing, you know, five, six, seven characters a piece um, because this is a really large, sprawling cast. Um, one thing I will note, there is a section in this play where um, there there's a section um, where there's a bunch of prostitutes that come in and they are treated abominably. So um, to carry on from what we were talking about a little bit with um, our Merchant of Venice reading, but definitely with our All's Well reading, there are things in Shakespeare that I I can't, it's so hard to imagine that they genuinely were okay, um, but they're definitely not okay now. And so when we are doing cold reads, which we genuinely do cold reads, we don't prep the script beforehand. We don't cut anything. It We just do it um, exactly as it was written. We don't change. Sometimes people, as they're going along, will change a word if they see something coming and it's in their own dialogue and they're like, I can't say that. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty cold and it's pretty straight. So we do plow through this section of the text that is really very misogynistic and really quite offensive. So I do want you to sort of like, you know, prepare yourselves for that coming up because that is something you'll have to um, tolerate, I guess, or maybe skip forward. If you start to hear it, maybe you can just skip forward a couple of minutes because it's pretty brutal and, you know, cut from any sort of modern productions. Um, that's sort of what you need to know about Time and of Athens. I hope you enjoy it. I think it's a really special play that has a lot to say that isn't said often. And I think that's really valuable. So I hope you enjoy it. Good day, sir. Oh, I'm glad you're well. I've not seen you long. How goes the world? Oh, it wears, sir, as it grows. Aye, that's well known. But what particular rarity? What strange, which manifold record not matches? See, magic of bounty, all these spirits thy power hath conjured to attend. I know the merchant. I know them both. The other's a jeweler. Oh, tis a worthy lord. Nay, tis, that's most fixed. A most incomparable man, breathe it as it were, to an untirable and continuate goodness. He passes. Jeweler, I have a jewel here. Oh. I have a jewel here. <laughs> oh, jeez. Damn it. Uh, oh, pray, let's see it. For the Lord Timon, sir? If he will touch the estimate, but for that. When we for recompense have praised the vile, it stains the glory and the happy verse, which aptly sings the good. Tis a good form. Looking at the jewel. And rich. Here is a water. Looky. Hmm. You are uh, wrapped, sir, in some work, some dedication to the great lord. A thing slipped idly from me. Mm. Our posy is as a gum which oozes from whence tis nourished. The fire or the flint shows not till it be struck. Our gentle flame provokes itself, and like the current flies, each bound it chafes. What have you there? Oh, a picture, sir. When comes your book forth? Upon the heels of my presentment, sir. Let's see your piece. Ugh. Tis a good piece. So tis. Mm. This comes off well and excellent. Indifferent. Admirable. How this grace speaks his own standing. What a mental power this eye shoots forth. How big imagination moves in this lip. 
to the dumbness of the gesture one might interpret. It is a pretty mocking of the life. Here's, here's a touch. It's good. I will say of it, it tutors nature. Mm. Artificial strife lives in these touches livelier than life. Oh. How uh, this lord is followed. The senators of Athens, happy man. Look, more. No, you see this confluence? this great flood of visitors. I have, in this rough work, shaped out a man whom this beneath world doth embrace and hug with amplest entertainment. My free drift halts not particularly, but moves itself in a wide sea of wax. No leveled malice infects one comma in the course I hold, but flies in eagle flight, bold and forth on, leaving no tract behind. How shall I understand you? <laughs> I will unbolt to you. You see how all conditions, how all minds, as well as glib and slippery creatures as of grave and austere quality, tender down their services to Lord Timon. His large fortune upon his good and gracious nature hanging subdues and properties to his love and tendance all sorts of hearts. Yea, from the glass-faced flatterer to Appamantis, that few things loves better than to abhor himself. Mm. Even he drops down the knee before him and returns in peace most rich in Timon's nod. I saw them speak together. Sir, I have upon a high and pleasant hill feigned fortune to be throned. The base of the mount is ranked with all deserts, all kinds of natures that labor on the bosom of this sphere to propagate their states. Amongst them all, whose eyes are on this sovereign lady fixed, one do I personate of Lord Timon's frame, whom fortune with her ivory hand wafts to her, whose present grace to present slaves and servants translates his rivals. Tis conceived to scope this throne, this fortune, and this hill, my thanks, with one man beckoned from the rest below, bowing his head against the sleepy mount to climb his happiness, would be well expressed in our condition. Nay, sir, but hear me on. All those which were his fellows but of late, some better than his value, and on the moment follow his strides, his lobbies fill with tendance, rain sacrificial whisperings in his ear, makes sacred even his stirrup, and through him drink the free air. Hi, Mary. What of these? When fortune in her shift and change of mood spurns down her late beloved, all these dependents, which labored after him to the mountain's top, even on their knees and hands, let him slip down, not one accompanying his declining foot. Tis common. A thousand moral paintings I can show that shall demonstrate these quick blows of fortunes more pregnantly than words. Yet, you do well to show Lord Timon that mean eyes have seen the foot above the head. Trumpets sound enter Timon, addressing himself courteously to every suitor, a messenger from Ventidius talking with him, Lucilius and other servants following. Imprisoned is he, say you? Ay, my good lord. Five talents is his debt, his means most short, his creditors most straight. Your honorable letter he desires to those who have shut him up, which failing, periods his comfort. Noble Ventidius, well, I am not of that fe feather to shake off my friend when he must need me. 
I do know him a gentleman that well deserves a help, which he shall have. I'll pay the debt and free him. Your lordship ever binds him. Commend me to him. I will send his ransom, and being enfranchised, bid him come to me. Tis not enough to help the feeble up, but to support him after. Very well. All happiness to your honor. Exit. Enter an old Athenian. <clears throat> Lord Timon, hear me speak. Freely, good father. Thou hast a servant named uh, Lucilius. Oh, I have so. What of him? Most noble, Timon. Call the man before thee. Attends he here or no? Lucilius! Here, at your lordship's service. This fellow here, Lord Timon, this thy creature by night frequents my house. I am a man that from my first have been inclined to thrift, and my estate deserves an heir more raised than one which holds a trencher. Well, what further? One only daughter have I, no kin else on whom I may confer what I have got. The maid is fair, Oh, the youngest for a bride. But I have bred her at my dearest cost in qualities of the best. This man of thine attempts her love. I pray thee, noble lord, join me to forbid him her result. Myself have spoken vain. The man is honest. Therefore he will be, Timon. His honesty rewards him in itself. It must not bear my daughter. Does she love him? She is young and apt. Our own precedent passions do instruct us that what Levities in youth. Love you, the maid. I, my good lord, and she accepts it. If in her marriage my consent be missing, I call the gods to witness. I will choose mine heir from forth the beggars of the world and dispossess her all. How shall she be endowed? if she be mated with an equal husband. Three talents of, on the present, in future, all. This gentleman of mine hath served me long. To build his fortune I will strain a little, for tis a bond in men. Give him thy daughter. What you bestow in him I'll counterpoise, and make him weigh with her. Most noble lord, pawn me to this your honor. She is his. My hand to thee, mine honor on my promise. Humbly, I, I thank you, Lordship. Never may the state or fortune fall into my keeping, which is not owed to you. Exempt Lucilius and old Athenian. Vouchsafe my labor and long live, your Lordship. I thank you. You shall hear from me anon. Go not away. 
what have you there, my friend? A piece of painting, which I do beseech your lordship to accept. Painting is welcome. The painting is almost the natural man. Or, since dishonor traffics with man's nature, he is but outside. These penciled figures are even such as they give out. I like your work, and you shall find I like it. Wait attendance till you hear further from me. The gods preserve ye. Well, fare you, gentlemen, give me your hand. We must needs dine together. Sir, your jewel hath suffered under praise. What, my lord, dispraise? A more satiety of commendations. If I should pay you for it, as tis extolled, it would unclue me quite. My lord, tis rated as though which sell would give. But you will know things of like value differing in the owners are prized by their masters. Believe it, dear lord, you mend the jewel by the wearing it. Well mocked. No, my good lord, he speaks the common tongue which all men speak with him. Look, who comes here? Will you be chid? Enter Appomantis. Jeweler will bear with your lordship. Will bear with your lordship. Oh. He'll spare none. Good morrow to thee, gentle Appomantis. Till I be gentle, stay thou for thy good morrow, when our Timon's dog and these knaves honest. Why dost thou call them knaves? Thou knowest them not. Are they not Athenians? Yes. Then I repent not. Does the jeweler know you, Epimantus? Thou knowst I do. I call thee by thy name. Thou art proud, Epimantus. Of nothing so much as that I am not like Timon. Where art going? To knock out an honest Athenian's brains. That's a deed they'll die for. Right, if doing nothing be death by the law. How likest thou this picture, Appomantus? The best for innocence. Wrought he not well that painted it? He wrought better than that made the painter, and yet he's but a filthy piece of work. You're a dog. Thy mother's of my generation. What's she if I be a dog? Will dine with me, Appomantus? No, I eat not, lords. And thou shouldst. Thou angered ladies. <laughs> they eat lords, so they come by great bellies. <laughs> That's a lascivious apprehension. So thou apprehendest it. Take it for thy labor. How dost thou like this jewel, Appomantus? Not so well as plain dealing, which will not cost a man a doit. What dost thou think tis worth? Not worth my thinking. How now, poet? How now, philosopher? Thou liest. Art not one? Yes. Then I lie not. Art not a poet? Yes. Then thou liest. Look in thy last work, where thou hast feigned him, a worthy fellow. That's not feigned. He is so. Yes, he is worthy of thee, and to pay thee for thy labor. He that loves to be flattered is worthy of the flatterer. Heavens, that I were a lord. What wouldst do then, Appomantus? E'en as Appomantus does now, hate a lord with my heart. What, thyself? Why? Wherefore? That I had no angry wit to be a lord. Art not thou a merchant? 
Aye, Appamantus. Traffic confound thee if the gods will not. If traffic do it, the gods do it. Traffic's thy god, and thy god confound thee. Trumpet sound, enter a messenger. What trumpet's that? Messenger? Don't you have a message? What trumpet is that? Tis Alcibiades and some twenty horse, all of companionship. Pray entertain them, give them guide to us. Exit some attendants. You must needs dine with me. Go not you hence till I have thanked you. When dinner's done, show me this piece. I am joyful of your sights. Most welcome, sir. Enter Alcibiades. <laughs> I don't know. Enter Alcibiades with the rest. Most welcome, sir. So, so there. Aches contract and starve your supple joints, that there should be small love amongst these sweet knaves and all this courtesy. The strain of men's breed out into baboon and monkey. Sir, you have saved my longing, and I feed most hungrily on your sight. Right welcome, sir. Ere we depart, we'll share a bounteous time and different pleasures. Pray you, let us in. Exunt all except Appamantus enter two lords. What time of day is it, Appamantus? Time to be honest. That time serves still. The more accursed thou that thou still omitst it. Thou art going to Lord Timon's feast. Aye, to see meat fill knaves and wine heat fools. <laughs> fare thee well, fare thee well. Thou art a fool to bid me farewell twice. Why, Appamantus? But to get one to thyself. For I mean to give thee none. Oh, hang thyself. No, <laughs> I will do nothing at thy bidding. Make thy requests to thy friend. Away, unpeaceable dog, or I'll spurn thee hence. I will fly, like a dog, the heels of the ass. Exit. He's opposite to humanity. <laughs> Come, shall we <laughs> in and taste Lord Timon's bounty? He outgoes the very heart of kindness. Oh, he pours it out. Plutus, the god of gold, is but his steward. No meed, but he repays sevenfold above itself. No gift to him, but breeds the giver a return, exceeding all use of quittance. The noblest mind he carries that ever governed man. Long may he live in his fortunes. Shall we in? <laughs> I'll keep you company. Exit. Scene two, a banqueting room in Timon's house. Hot boys playing, loud music. A great banquet served in, Flavius and others attending. Then enter Timon, Alcibiades, lords, senators, and Ventidius. Then comes dropping, after all, Apennantus, discontentedly, like himself. Most honored, Timon. It hath pleased the gods to remember my father's age and call him to long peace. He has gone happy and has left me rich. Then, as in grateful virtue, I am bound to free your heart. I do return those talents, doubled with thanks and service, from whose help I derived liberty. Oh, by no means, honest Ventidius, you mistake my love. I gave it freely ever, and there's none can truly say he gives if he receives. If our betters play at that game, we must not dare to imitate them. False that are rich are fair. A noble spirit. Nay, my lords. 
They all stand ceremoniously looking on Tymon. Ceremony was but devised at first to set a gloss on faint deeds, hollow welcomes, recanting goodness. Sorry ere tis shown, but where there is true friendship, there needs none. Pray sit. More welcome are you to my fortunes than my fortunes to me. They sit. My lord, we always have confessed it. Uh, confessed it? Hanged it, have you not? Oh, Apomatus, you are welcome. No, you shall not make me welcome. I come to have thee thrust me out of doors. Fie, thou to churl. You've got a good humor there, does not become a man. Tis much to blame. They say, my lords, era furor brevis est, but yond man is ever angry. Go let him have a table by himself, for he does neither affect company, nor is he fit for it indeed. Let me stay at thine apparel, Tymon. I come to observe. I give thee warning, aunt. I take no heed of thee. Thou art an Athenian, therefore welcome. I myself would have no power, prithee. Let my meat make thee silent. I scorn thy meat. T'would choke me, for I should ne'er flatter thee. Oh, ye gods, what a number of men eat Tymon, and he sees them not. It grieves me to see so many dip their meat in one man's blood, and all the madness is, he cheers them up, too. I wonder men dare trust themselves with men. Methinks they should invite them without knives, good for their meat and safer for their lives. There's much example for it. The fellow that sits next to him now parts bread with him, pledges the breath of him in a divided draft, is the readiest man to kill him. It has been proved. If I were a huge man, I should fear to drink at meals, lest they should spy my windpipe's dangerous notes. Great men should drink with harness on their throats. My lord, in heart, and let the health go round. Oh, let it flow this way, my good lord. Flow this way? A brave fellow. He keeps his tides well. Those healths will make thee and thy state look ill, Timon. Here's that which is too weak to be a sinner. Honest water, which ne'er left man in the mire. This and my food are equals. There's no odds. Beasts are too proud to give thanks to the gods. Immortal gods, I crave no pelf. I pray for no man but myself. Grant I may never prove so fond to trust man on his oath or bond, or a harlot for her weeping, or a dog that seems a sleeping, or a keeper with my freedom or my friends, if I should need him. Amen. So fall toot. Rich men sing, and I eat root. Much good dich thy heart, good heart. Apomantis. Eats and drinks. Captain Alcibiades, your heart's in the field now. My heart is ever at your service, my lord. You would rather be at a breakfast of enemies than a dinner of friends. So the word bleeding new, my lord. There's no meat like him. I wish my best friend at such a feast. Would all those flatterers were thine enemies then, that, that, that then thou mightst kill him and bid me to him. Might we but have that happiness, my lord, that you would once use our hearts, whereby we might express some part of our zeals, and should think ourselves forever perfect. Oh, no doubt, my good friends. But the gods themselves have provided that I shall have much help from you. How had you been my friends else? Why have you that charitable title from thousands? Did you, not you chiefly, belong to my heart? I have told more of you to myself than you can with modesty speak in your own behalf, and thus far I confirm you. Oh, you gods, think, I, what, what need we have, any friends, if we should ne'er have need of them? 
They were the most needless creatures living. Should we never have use for them? I would most resemble sweet instruments hung up in cases that keep their sounds to themselves. Why, I have often wished myself poorer that I might come nearer to you. We are born to do benefits, and what better or prosperer can we can our own than the riches of our friends? Oh, what a precious comfort it is to have so many like brothers commanding one another's fortunes. Oh, joy, even made way ere can be born. Mine eyes cannot hold out water, methinks, to forget their faults. I drink to you. Now weep this to make them drink, Tynan. Joy had the light conception in our eyes at the instant like a babe sprung up. Ha! Ha! I laugh to think that babe a bastard. I promise you, my lord, you moved me much. Much. Suck it within. What means that, Frump? Enter a servant. How now? Please you, my lord, there are certain ladies most desirous of admittance. Ladies? <laughs> what are their wills? There comes with them a forerunner, my lord, which bears that office to signify their pleasures. I pray, let them be admitted. Enter Cupid. <laughs> Hail to thee, worthy Timon, and to all that of his bounty's taste. The five best senses acknowledge thee, their patron, and come freely to gratulate thy plenteous bosom. The ear, taste, touch, and smell, pleased from thy tale, rise. They only now come but to feast thine eyes. They're welcome all. Let them have kind admittance. Music, make their welcome. Exit, Cupid. You see, my lord, how ample you're beloved. Music, re-enter Cupid with a mask of ladies as Amazons, with lutes in their hands, dancing and playing. Hoy day, what a sweep of vanity comes this way. They dance. We are madwomen. Like madness is the glory of this life. As this pomp shows to a little oil and root, we make ourselves fools to disport ourselves and spend our flatteries to drink those men upon whose age we voided up again with poisonous spite and envy. Who lives that's not depraved or depraves? Who dies that bears not one spurn to their graves or of their friend's gift? I should fear those that dance before me now would one day stamp upon me. Has been done. Men shut their doors against a setting sun. The lords rise from table with much adoring of Timon, and to show their loves, each singles out an Amazon and all dance, men with women, a lofty strain or two to the hot boys and cease. You have done our pleasures much grace, fair ladies. Set a fair fashion on our entertainment, which was not half so beautiful and kind. You have added worth unto it and luster and entertained me with mine own device. I am to thank you for it. My lord, you take us even at the best. Faith, the worst is filthy and would not hold taking, I doubt me. Ladies, there is an idle banquet attends you. Please you to dispose yourselves. Most thankfully, my lord. Exit Cupid and ladies. Flavius. Yes, my lord. The little casket bring me hither. Yes, my lord. More jewels yet. There is no crossing him's humor. Else I should tell him. Well, in faith, I should. Then all spent, he'd be crossed. Then he could. His pity bounty had not eyes behind. That man might ne'er be wretched for his mind. 
where be our men? Here, my lord, in readiness. Our horses. We enter Flavius with the casket. Oh, my friends, I have one word to say to you. Look you, my good lord, I must entreat you. Honor me so much as to advance this jewel. Accept it and wear it, kind my lord. I am so far already in your gifts. So are we all. Yes, darling. My lord, there are certain nobles of the Senate newly alighted and come to visit you. They are fairly welcome. I beseech your honor, vouchsafe me a word. It does concern you near. Near? Why then, another time I'll hear thee. I prithee, let's be provided to show them entertainment. <sighs> I scarce know how. After a second servant. Second servant. May it please your honor, Lord Lucius, out of his free love, hath presented to you four milk-white horses trapped in silver. I shall accept them fairly. Let the presents be worthily entertained. And her third servant. How now? What news? Please you, my lord, that honorable gentleman, Lord Lucillus, entreats your company tomorrow to hunt with him, and has sent your honor two brace of greyhounds. I'll hunt with him, and let them be received, not without fair reward. What will this come to? He commands us to provide and give great gifts, and all out of an empty coffer. Nor will he know his purse or yield me this to show him what a beggar his heart is. Being of no power to make his wishes good, his promises fly so beyond his state that when he speaks is all in debt. He owes for every word. He is so kind that he now pays interest for it. His lands put to their books. Well, would I were gently put out of office before I were forced out. <laughs> Happier is he that has no friends to feed, and such a do in enemies exceed. I bleed inwardly for my lord. You do yourselves much wrong. You bait too much of your own merits. Here, my lord, a trifle of our love. With more than common thanks, I will receive it. Oh, he's the very soul of bounty. Mm -hmm. And now I remember, my lord, you gave good words the other day of a bay course is yours as you Oh, I beseech you, pardon me, my lord, in that. You may take my word, my lord. I know no man can justly praise but what he does affect. I weigh my friend's affection with mine own. I tell you true. I'll call to you. No, oh, none so welcome. so welcome. I take all and your several visitations so kind to heart. Tis not enough to give, methinks. I could deal kingdoms to my friends and ne'er be weary. Elkibiades, thou art a soldier, therefore seldom rich. It comes in charity to thee, for all thy living is amongst the dead, and all the lands thou hast lie in a pitched field. I defiled lands, my lord. We are so virtuously bound. And so am I to you. So infinitely endeared. All to you. Lights, more lights. 
The best of happiness, honor, and fortunes keep with you, Lord Tymon. Ready for his friends. Prudent Alba Ampermantis and Tymon. What a coils here, serving of becks and jutting out of bums. I doubt whether their legs be worth the sums that are given for them. Friendship's full of dregs. Methinks false hearts should never have sound legs, thus honest fools lay out their wealth on curtsies. Now, Epimantus, if thou wert not sullen, I would be good to thee. No, well, nothing. For if I should be bribed too, there would be none left to rail upon thee, and then thou wouldst sin the faster. Thou givest so long time, and I fear me thou wilt give away thyself in paper shortly. What need these feasts, pomps, and vainglories? Nay, and you begin to rail on society once. I am sworn not to give regard to you. Farewell, and come with better music. Exit. So, thou wilt not hear me now, thou shalt not then. I'll lock thy heaven from thee. Oh, that men's ears should be to counsel death, but not to flattery. Exit. Act two, scene one, a senator's house. Enter senator with papers in his hand. Oh, and late, 5,000. To Vero and Isidore, he owes 9,000. Besides, my former son with some, which makes it, oh, five and 20. Still in motion of raging waste. It cannot hold. It will not. If I want gold, steal but a beggar's dog and give it Timon. Why, the dog coins gold. If I would sell my horse and buy 20 more better than he, why give my horse to Timon? Ask nothing, give it him, it foals me straight and able horses. No porter at his gate, but rather one that smiles and still invites all that pass by. It cannot hold. No reason can found his state in safety. Cephas, <sighs> ho. Cephas, I say. Enter Cephas. Dear sir, what's your pleasure? Get on your cloak and haste you to Lord Timon. Importune him for my monies. Be not ceased with slight denial, nor then silenced when commend me to your master and the cap plays in the right hand thus. But tell him my uses cry to me. I must serve my turn out of mine own. His days and times are past, and my reliances on his fracted dates have smit my credit. I love and honor him, but must not break my back to peel his finger. Immediate are my needs, and my relief must not be tossed and turned to me in words, but find supply immediate. Get you gone. Put on a most importunate aspect, a, a visage of demand. For I do fear when every feather sticks in his own wing, oh, Lord Timon will be left a naked gull, which flashes now a phoenix. Get you gone. I go, sir. I go, sir. Take the bonds along with you and have the dates in contempt. I will, sir. Go. Exit. Scene two, the same of Hall and Timon's house. Enter Flavius with many bills in his hand. This, uh, what? This. No care. No stop. No, no senseless expense that he will never 
know how to ex maintain it, nor cease his flow of riot, takes no account how things go from him, nor to resume him. No care of what is to continue. Never mind was to be so unwise, so kind. What shall be done? He will not hear till feel. I must be round with him. Now he comes from hunting. <clears throat> Bye. 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 Enter Cephas and the servants of Isidore and Varro. Oh, good evening, Varro. What, you come for money? Is not your business, too? It is. And yours, too, Isidore? It is so. Would we were all discharged. I fear it. Oh, here comes the Lord. Enter Timon, Alcibiades, and Lords and Company. So, soon as dinner's done, we'll forth again. My Alcibiades, with me? What is your will? My Lord, uh, <clears throat> here is a note of uh, certain dues. Dues? Whence are you? Of Athens, here, my lord. Go to my steward. Mm, please it, your lordship. Uh, he hath put me off to the succession of new days this month. My master is awarded by great occasion to call upon his own and humbly praise you that with your other noble parts, you'll suit in giving him his right. Mine honest friend, I prithee, but repair to me next morning. Nay, my good lord. Contain thyself, good friend. My good lord. Barrow's servant. From, uh, from Isidore, he humbly prays your speedy payment. If you did know, my lord, my master's wants, was due on forfeiture, my lord, six weeks and past. Your steward puts me off, my lord, and I am sent expressly to your lordship. Give me breath. I do beseech you, good my lords, keep on. I'll wait upon you instantly. Present Alcibiades and lords. Come hither, pray you. How goes the world that I am thus encountered with clamorous demands of date-broke bonds and the tension of long-since-due debts against my honor? Please, you gentlemen, the time is unagreeable to this business. Your importunacy cease till after dinner, that I may make his lordship understand wherefore you are not paid. Do so, my friends. See them well entertained. Pray, draw near. Exit. Enter F. Mantis and Fool. Stay, stay. Here comes the fool with Appamantis. Let's have some sport with him. Hang him. He'll abuse us. A plague upon him, dog. How dost, fool? Does dialogue with thy shadow? I speak not to thee. No, tis to thyself. Come away. There's the fool hangs on your back already. No, thou standst single. Thou art not on him yet. Where's the fool now? 
he last asked the question. Poor rogues and usurers, men, bods between gold and want. What are we, Epimentus? Epimentus. Asses. Why? Why? That you ask me what you are and do not know yourselves. Uh, speak to him, fool. How do you, gentlemen? Gramercy is good, good fool. fool. How does your mistress? Ah, she's in setting, setting on water to scald such chickens as you are. <laughs> Would we could see you at good. Gramercy. Look you. Here comes my mistress, Paige. At your page. Company. Uh, how dost thou, Apomantus? Would I had a rod in my mouth that I might answer thee profitably. Uh, prithee, Apomantus, read me the subscription of the superscription of these letters. I, I know not which is which. Canst not read? No. There will little learning die then the day thou art hanged. This is to Lord Tynan, this to Alcibiades. Go, thou wast born a bastard, and thou die a bod. Thou wast whelped a dog, and thou shalt famish a dog's death. Answer not, I'm gone. Exit. In so thou runnest grace. Fool, I'll go with you to Lord Tynan's. Will you leave me there? If Tynan stay at home, you three serve three usurers. Aye, if I served it served us. So would I. As good a trick as ever hangman served thief. Are you three usurers, men? Hi, fool. fool. I think no usurer but has a fool to his servant. My mistress is one, and I am her fool. When men come to borrow of your masters, they approach sadly and go away merry. But they enter my mistress' house merrily and go away sadly. The reason of this? I can render one. Do it, then, that we may account thee a whoremaster and a knave. Which, notwithstanding, thou shalt be no less esteemed. What is a whoremaster, fool? A fool in good clothes, and something like thee. Tis a spirit, sometime to peers like a lord, sometime a lawyer, sometime like a philosopher, with two stones more than an artificial one, is very often like a knight, and generally in all shapes that man goes up and down in from fourscore to thirteen, this spirit walks in. Thou art not altogether a fool. Nor thou altogether a wise man. As much foolery as I have, so much wit thou lackest. That answer might have become Apomantus. Aside, aside, aside. aside. Here comes, comes Lord Timon. We enter Timon with Flavius. Come with me, fool. I do not always follow lover, elder brother, and woman. Sometime the philosopher. Exunt Apomantus and Fool. Uh, pray you walk near, I'll speak with you anon. Exunt servants. Yeah, get out of here, get out. <clears throat> you make me marvel. Wherefore, ere this time had you not fully laid my state before me, that I might so have <laughs> rated my expense as I had leave of me. You would not hear me. At many leisures, I proposed. Go to. Perchance some single vantages you took when my indisposition put you 
back and that unhappiness you your minister is asked to excuse yourself. Oh my good lord! At many times I brought in my accounts, laid them before you. You would throw them off and say you found them in mine honesty. When for some trifling present you had bid me oh, return so much, I have shook my head and wept, yea, against the authority of manners, prayed you to hold your hand more close. I did endure, not seldom, nor so slight checks, when I had prompted you in the ebb of your estate and your great flow of debts. <sighs> my loved lord, though you hear now too late, yet now is a time the greatest of your having lacks a half to pay your present debts. Let all my land be sold. Tis <laughs> all engaged. Some forfeited and gone, and what remains will hardly stop the mouth of present Jews. The future comes apace. What shall defend the interim? And at length, how does our reckoning? To Lacedaemon did my land extend. Oh, my good lord, the world is but a word. Were it all yours to give it in a breath, how quickly were it gone? You tell me true. If you suspect my husbandry or falsehood, call me before the exactest auditors and set me on the proof. So the gods bless me when all our offices have been oppressed with riotous feeders, when our vaults have wept with drunken splies of wine, when every room hath blazed with lights and brayed with minstrelsy. 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 Fuck it. I have retired me to a wasteful cock and set mine eyes at flow. Prithee, no more. <laughs> Heavens have I set the bounty of this lord. How many prodigal bits have slaves and peasants this night in glutted? Who is not Timmons? What heart, head, sword, force means but is Lord Timmons? Great Timon, noble, worthy, royal Timon. Ah, when the means are gone that by this praise, the breath is gone whereof this praise is made. Feast won, fast lost. One cloud of winter showers, these flies are couched. Come, sermon me no further. No villainous bounty yet hath passed my heart. Unwisely, not ignobly have I given. Why? Canst thou the conscience lack to think I shall lack friends? Secure thy heart. If I would broach the vessels of my love and try the argument of hearts by borrowing men and men's fortunes, could I frankly use as I can bid thee speak? Assurance, bless your thoughts. And in some sort these wants of mine are crowned, that I account them blessings, for by these shall I try friends. You shall perceive how you mistake my fortunes. I am wealthy in my friends. Within there, Flaminius, Servilius. Enter Flaminius, Servilius, and other servants. My lord? I will dispatch you severally. You to Lord Lucius, to Lord Lucullus you. I hunted with his honor today. You to Sempronius, commend me to their loves, and I am proud. Say that my occasions have found time to use them toward a supply of money. 
let the request be 50 talents. Fifty you have said, my lord. Lord Lucius and Lucullus. Go you, sir, to the senators, of whom, even to the state's best health, I have deserved this hearing. Bid them send of the instant a thousand talents to me. I have been bold. For that I knew it the most general way. But to them, to use your signet and your name. But they do shake their heads, and I am here no richer in return. Is it true? Can be? They answer! in a joint and corporate voice that now they are at fall, want treasure, cannot do what they would, are sorry. You are honorable, but yet they could have wished, they know not, something hath been amiss. A noble nature may catch a wretch, would all were well, tis pity. And so intending other serious matters after distasteful looks in these hard fractions with certain half caps and cold moving nods, they froze me into silence. You gods reward them. Prithee man, look cheerly. These old fellows have their ingratitude in them hereditary. Their blood is caked, tis cold, it seldom flows. Tis lack of kindly warmth, they are not kind. And nature, as it grows again toward earth, and is fashioned for the journey, dull and heavy. Go to Vendidius. Prithee, be not sad. No. Thou art true and honest. Ingeniously I speak. No blame belongs to thee. Vendidius lately buried his father, by whose death he stepped into a great estate. When he was poor, imprisoned, and in scarcity of friends, I cleared him with five talents. Greet him from me. Bid him suppose some good necessity touches his friend, which craves to be remembered with those five talents. Exit, sir. That had, that had, give it these fellows, to whom tis instant due. Ne'er speak or think that Timon's fortunes among his friends can sink. <laughs> I would, I could not think it. That thought is bounteous, foe. Being free itself, it thinks all others so. Exempt. Act three, scene one, a room in Lucillus's house. Flaminius waiting, enter a servant to him. I have told my lord of you. He is coming down to you. I thank you, sir. Here's my lord. And your Lucilus. One of Lord Tynan's men? A gift, I warrant. Why, this hits right. I dreamt of a silver basin in Ewer tonight. Flaminius, honest. Flaminius, sorry. You are very respectively welcome, sir. Fill me some wine. Exit servants. And how does that honorable, complete, free-hearted gentleman of Athens by very bountiful good lord and master. His health is well, sir. I am right glad that his health is well, sir. And what hast thou there under thy cloak, pretty Flaminius? Faith, nothing but an empty box, sir, which in my lord's behalf, I come to entreat your honor to supply, who having great and instant occasion to use 50 talents, hath sent to your lordship to furnish him, not doubting your present assistance therein. La, 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 nothing doubting, says he. Alas, good lord, a noble gentleman tis if he would not keep so good a house. Many a time and often I had dined with him and 
told him on it and come again to suffer to him of purpose to have him spend less. And yet he would embrace no counsel, take no warning by my coming. Every man has his fault and honesty is his. I told him on it, but I could never get him from it. Please serve it with wine. Please, your lordship, here's the wine. Flaminius, I have noted thee always wise. Here's to thee. Your lordship speaks your pleasure. I have observed thee always for a towardly prompt spirit, give thee thy due, and one that knows what belongs to reason, and canst use the time well if the time use thee well. Good parts in thee. Uh, get you gone, sirrah. Exit servant. Draw nearer, honest Flaminius. Uh, thy lord's a bountiful gentleman, but thou art wise, and thou knowest well enough, although thy comest to me, that this is no time to lend money, especially upon bare friendship without security. Here's three solidaires for thee. Good boy, wink at me and say thou sawest me not. Fare thee well. Is it possible the world should so much differ, and we alive that lived? Fly, damned baseness, to him that worships thee. Throwing the money back. Now I see thou art a fool and fit for thy master. May these add to the number that may scald thee. Let molten coin be thy damnation, thou disease of a friend and not himself. Has friendship such a faint and milky heart it turns in less than two nights? Oh. Oh, ye gods, I feel master's passion. This slave, unto his honor, has my lord's meat in him. Why should it thrive and turn to nutriment when he is turned to poison? Oh, may diseases only work upon it. And when he's sick to death, let part of nature which my lord paid for Exit. Scene two, a public place. Enter Lucilius with three strangers. Who? The Lord Timon. He is my very good, uh, very good friend and an honorable gentleman. We know him for no less, though we are but strangers to him. But I can tell you one thing, my lord, and which I hear from common rumors now Lord Timon's happy hours are done and past, and his estate shrinks from him? Hi, no, do not believe it. He cannot want for money. But believe you this, my lord, that not long ago many talents, nay, urged extremely for it, and showed what necess necessity belonged to it, and yet was denied. How? I tell you, denied, my lord. What a strange case was that. Now, before the gods, I am ashamed on it. Denied? That honorable man. There was very little honor shown in it. For my own part, I must needs confess, I have received some small kindnesses from him, as money, plate, jewels, and such like trifles. Nothing comparing to his. Yet he mistook him and sent to me. I should never have denied his occasion so many talents. Enter Servilius. See, by good hap, yonder is my lord. I have sweat to see his honor. My honored lord. 
Sir Vilius, you are kindly met, sir. Fare thee well. Commend me to thy honorable virtuous lord, my very exquisite friend. May it please your honor. My lord hath sent. <laughs> what has he sent? I am so much endeared to that lord he's ever sending. How shall I thank him, thinkest thou? And what shall he sent now? Has only sent this present occasion now, my lord, requesting your lordship to supply his instant use with so many talents. I know his lordship is but merry with me. He cannot want fifty-five hundred talents. But in the meantime, he wants less, my lord. If his occasion were not virtuous, I should not urge it half so faithfully. Dost thou speak seriously, Sir Vilius? Upon my soul, tis true, sir. What a wicked beast was I to disfurnish myself against such a good time, when I might have shown myself honorable. How unlucky it happened that I should purchase the day before a little part and undo a great deal of honor. Servilius now, before the gods, I am not able to do. The more beast I say, I was sending to use Lord Timon myself, these gentlemen can witness. But I would not, for the wealth of Athens, I had done it now. Commend me bountifully to his good lordship, and I hope his honor will conceive the fairest of me, because I have no power to be kind. And, and tell him this from me, I count it one of my greatest afflictions, say that I cannot pleasure such an honorable gentleman. Good Servilius, will you befriend me so far to use mine own words to him? Yes, sir, I shall. I'll look you out a good turn, Servilius. Exit Servilius. True as you said, Timon is shrunk indeed, and he that once denied will hardly speed. Exit. Do you observe this, Hostilius? I too well. Why, this is the world's soul, and just of the same piece is every flatterer's spirit. Who can call him his friend that dips in the same dish? For in my knowing, Timon had been this lord's father and kept his credit with his purse, supported his estate, nay, Timon's money has paid his men their wages, he ne'er drinks, but Timon's silver treads upon his lip. And yet, oh, see the monstrousness of men, when he looks out in an ungrateful shape, he does deny him in respect of his, what charitable men afford to beggars. Religion groans at it. For mine own part, I never tasted diamond in my life, nor came any of his bounties over me to mark me for his friend. Yet I protest his right noble mind, illustrious virtue, and honorable carriage, at his necessity made use of me. I would have put my wealth into donation, and the best half should have returned to him. So much I love his heart, but I perceive men must... Learn now with pity to dispense, for policy sits above the conscience. Zunt, scene three, a room in Sempronius's house. Enter Sempronius and a servant of Timon's. Must he needs troubled me in it? Oh, above all others, he might have tried Lord Lucius or Lucellus, and now Ventidius is wealthy too, whom he redeemed from prison. All these owe their estates unto him. My lord, they have all been touched and found base metal, for they have oh denied him. How? Have they denied him? Has Ventidius and Lucius denied him? And does he send to me? Three. Hmm. 
shows but little love or judgment in him. Must I be his last refuge? His friends, like physicians, thrive, give him over. Must I take the care upon me? Has much disgraced me in it. I'm angry at him. That might have known my place. I see no sense for it, but his occasion might have wooed me first. For in my conscience, I was the first man that ever received a gift from him. And does he think so backwardly of me now that I'll require its last? Ah, oh, no. So it may prove an argument of laughter to the rest, and amongst lords, I be thought a fool. I'd rather the worth of thrice the sum had sent to me first. But for my mind's sake, I'd such a courage to do him good. But now returning with their faint reply, this answer join. <clears throat> Who baits mine honor shall not know my coin. Excellent. Your lordship's a goodly villain. The devil knew not what he did when he made man politic. He crossed himself by it. And I cannot think, but in the end, the villainies of man will set him clear. How fairly this lord strives to appear foul. Takes virtuous copies to be wicked. Like those that under hot ardent zeal would set the whole realms on fire. Of such a nature is his politic love. This was my lord's best hope. Now all are fled, save only the gods. Now his friends are dead. Doors that were ne'er acquainted with their, wa with their wards. Many a bounteous year must be employed now to guard shore their master. Yet this is all a liberal course allows. Who cannot keep his wealth must keep his house. Exit. Scene four, the same, a hall in Timon's house, enter two servants of Varro and servants of Lucius, meeting Titus, Hortensius and other servants of Timon's creditors, waiting his coming out. Well met. Good morrow, Titus and Hortensius. The like to you, kind Varro. Lucius, what do we meet together? I. And I think one business does command us all, for mine is money. So is theirs. And ours. Enter Philetus. And Sir Philetus, too. Good day at once. Welcome, good brother. What do you think the hour? Laboring for nine. So much? Is not my lord seen yet? Not yet. I wonder on it. He was wont to shine at seven. Aye, but the days are waxed shorter with him. You must consider that a prodigal course is like the sun's, but not like his recoverable. I fear tis deepest winter in Lord Tymon's purse, that tis one may reach deep enough and yet find little. I am of your fear for that. I'll show you how to observe a strange event. Your lord sends now for money. Most true, he does. And he wears jewels now of Timon's gift, for which I wait for money. It is against my heart. Mark, how strange it shows. Timon in this should pay more than he owes, and e'en as if your lord should wear rich jewels and send for money for him. I'm weary of this charge. <laughs> the gods can witness. I know my lord hath spent of Timon's wealth, and now ingratitude makes it worse than stealth. Yes, mine's three thousand crowns. What's yours? Five thousand mine. Tis much deep. And it should seem by the sun your master's confidence was above mine, while surely his, ha his had equaled. 
entered Flaminius. One of Lord Timon's men. Flaminius! Word, pray, is my lord ready to come forth? No, indeed, he is not. We attend his worship. Pray, signify so much. I need not tell him that. He knows you are too diligent. Exit. Enter Flavius in a cloak, muffled. <laughs> is not that his steward muffled so? He goes away in a cloud. Call him, call him. Do you hear, sir? By your leave, sir. What do you... What do you ask of me, my friend? We wait for certain money here. Aye. If money were as certain as your waiting, it were sure enough. Why then preferred you not your sums and bills when your false masters eat of my lord's meat? Huh? Huh? And they could smile and fawn upon his debts and take down the interest into their gluttonous maws, huh? You do yourselves but wrong to stir me up. Let me pass quietly. Believe it, my lord. And I have made an end. I have no more to reckon. He to spend. Aye, but this answer will not serve. If it will not serve, tis not so base as you. For you serve knaves. Exit. How? What does his cashiered worship mutter? No matter what. He's poor, and that's revenge enough. Who can speak broader than he that has no house to put his head in? Such may rail against great buildings. Enter Servilius. Oh, here's Servilius. Now we shall know some answer. If I might <clears throat> beseech you gentlemen to repair some other hour, I should derive much from it. For take it of my soul, my lord leans wondrously to discontent. His comfortable temper has forsook him. He's much out of health and keeps his chamber. Many do keep their chambers are not sick. And if it be so far beyond his health, methinks he should the sooner pay his debts and make a clear way to the gods. Good gods. We cannot take this for answer, sir. Servilius, help! My lord, my lord! Enter Timon in a rage, Flaminius following. What? Are my doors opposed against my passage? Have I been ever free, and must my house be my retentive enemy, my jail? The place which I have feasted, does it now, like all mankind, show me an iron heart? Lucilius. Put in now, Titus. My lord, here is my bill. Here's mine. And mine, my lord. And ours, my lord. All our bills. Knock me down with them. Cleave me to the girdle. Alas, my lord. Cut my heart in sums. Mine, fifty talents. Tell out my blood. Five thousand crowns, my lord. Five thousand drops pays for that. What's yours and yours? M my lord. My lord. Tear me. Take me and the gods fall upon you. Exit. Faith, I perceive our masters may throw their caps at their money. These debts may well be called desperate ones, for a madman owes them. Mm. Exit. Enter Timon and Flavius. 
They even put my breath from me, the slaves. Murderers, devils. My, my dear lord. What if, it sh what if it should be so? My lord. I'll have it so. My steward. Here, my lord. So fitly. Go, bid all my friends again. Lucius, Lucullus, and Sempronius. All, Sarah, all. I'll once more feast the rascals. Oh, my lord. You only speak from your distracted soul. There's not so much left to furnish out a moderate table. Be it not in thy care, go. I charge thee, invite them all. Let in the tide of knaves once more. My cook and I will provide. Exunt. Scene five, the same, the Senate house, the Senate sitting. My lord, you have my voice to it. The fault's bloody. Tis necessary he should die. Nothing emboldens sin so much as mercy. Most true. The law shall bruise him. Enter Sil uh, Al with attendance. Honor, health, and compassion to the Senate. Now, Captain. I am an humble suitor to your virtues, for pity is the virtue of the law, and none but tyrants use it cruelly. It pleases time and fortune to lie heavy upon a friend of mine, who in hot blood hath stepped into the law, which is past death, to those that without heed do plunge into it. He is a man, setting fate aside, of comely virtues, nor did he soil the fact with cowardice, an honor in him which buys out his fault. But with a noble fury and fair spirit, seeing his reputation touched to death, he did oppose his foe, and with such sober and unnoted passion, he did behave his anger, ere it was spent, as if he had but proved an argument. You undergo too strict a paradox, striving to make an ugly deed look fair. Your words have took such pains as if they labored to bring manslaughter into form and set quarreling upon the head of valor, which indeed is valor misbegot, and came into the world when sects and factions were newly born. He's truly valiant, that can wisely suffer the worst that men can breathe, and makes his wrongs his outsides, to wear them like his raiment carelessly, and ne'er prefers his injuries to his heart to bring it into danger. If wrongs be evils and enforce us kill, what folly tis to hazard life for ill? My lord, I... You cannot make gross sins look clear. To avenge is no valor but to bear. My lords, then, under favor, pardon me if I speak like a captain. Why do fond men expose themselves to battle and not injure all the threats? Sleep on it and then let the foes quietly cut their throats without repugnancy. If there be such valor in the bearing, what make we abroad? Why then, women are more valiant that stay at home if bear and carry it, and the ass more than the cap more captain than the lion, the felon loaden with irons wiser than the judge if wisdom be in suffering. Oh, my lords, as you are great, be pitifully good, who cannot condemn rashness in cold blood. To kill, I grant, is sin's extremest gust, but in defense, by mercy, tis most just. To be in anger is impiety, but who is man that is not angry? Weigh but the crime with this. You breathe in vain. In vain, his service done at Lysidemon and Byzantium were a sufficient briber for his life. What's that? I say, my lords, he has done fair service and slain in fight many of your enemies. 
How full of valor did he bear himself in the last conflict and made plenteous wounds? He has made too much plenty with him. He's a sworn rioter. He has a sin that often drowns him and takes his valor prisoner. If there were no foes, there were enough to overcome him in that beastly fury. He has been known to commit outrages and cherish factions. Tis inferred to us. His days are foul and his drink dangerous. He dies. Hard fate. He might have died in war. My lords, if not for any parts in him, though his right arm might purchase his own time and be in debt to none, yet more to move you, take my deserts to his and join them both. And for I know your reverend ages love security, I'll pawn my victories, all my honors to you, upon his good returns. If by this crimes he owes the law his life, why then let the war receive in valiant gore, for law is strict, and war is nothing more. We are for law. He dies, urge it no more on height of our displeasure. Friend or brother, he forfeits his own blood that spills another. Must it be so? It must not be so. My lords, I do beseech you, you know me. How? Call me to your remembrances. What? I cannot think, but your age has forgot me. It could not else be. I should prove so base to sue and be denied such common grace. My wounds ache at you. Do you dare our anger? Tis in few words, but spacious in effect. We banish thee forever. Banish me? Banish your dotage, banish usury that makes the Senate ugly. If after two days shine, Athens contain thee, attend our weightier judgment. And not to swell our spirit, he shall be executed presently. Exents old senators. Now the gods keep you old enough that you may live only in bone, that none may look on you. I'm worse than mad. I've kept back their foes while they have told their money and let out their coin upon the large interest. I myself, rich only in large hurts, all those for this? Is this the balsam that the usuring senate pours into the captain's wounds? Banishment? It comes not ill. I have not to be banished. It is a cause worthy my spleen and fury that I may strike at Athens. I'll cheer up my discontented troops and lay four hearts. Tis honor with most lands to be at odds. Soldiers should brook as little wrongs as gods. Exit. Scene six, the same, a banqueting room in Timon's house. Music, tables set out, servants attending, and your divers, lords, senators, and others at several doors. The good time of day to you, sir. <laughs> I also wish it to you. I think this uh, honorable lord did but try us the other day. Upon that were my thoughts tiring when we encountered. I hope it is not so, uh, so low with him as he made it seem in the trial of his several friends. <laughs> Uh, it should not be so, by the persuasion of this new feasting. I should think so. He hath sent me an earnest inviting, which many my near occasions did urge me to put off. But he hath conjured me beyond them, and I must needs appear. In like manner was I in debt to my importunate business, but he would not hear my excuse. I'm sorry when he... Sent to borrow of me that my provision was out. I am sick of that grief too, as I understand how all things go. Mm. Every man here is so. 
What would he have borrowed of you? A thousand pieces. A thousand pieces. What of you? He sent to me, sorry. Oh, <clears throat> here he comes. Enter Timon and attendance. With all my heart, gentlemen, both. And how fare you? Ever at the best, hearing well of your lordship. The swallow follows not. Some are more willing than we, your lordship. No more willingly leaves winter. Such summer birds are men. Gentlemen, our dinner will not recompense this long stay. Feast your ears, which took a while. If they will fare so harshly of the trumpet's sound, we shall to it presently. I hope it remains not unkindly with your lordship that I returned you an empty messenger. Oh, sir, let it not trouble you. My noble lord. Ah, oh, my good friend, what cheer? My most honorable lord, I am in sick of shame that when your lordship this other day it sent to me, I was so unfortunate a beggar. Think not on it, sir. Oh, if you had sent but two hours before. Let it not cumber your better remembrance. Banquet brought in. Come, bring in all together. Mm, all covered dishes. Royal cheer, I warrant you. Mm. Doubt not that if money in the season can yield it. How do you? What's the news? Alcibiades is banished. Alcibiades Hear you of it? Alcibiades banished. Alcibiades banished? Mm. Tis so. Be sure of it. How? How? I pray you, upon what? My worthy friends, will you draw near? I'll tell you more anon. Here's a noble feast toward. Hmm. This is the old man still. Will told, will told. Oh, it does, but time will, and so. I do conceive. Mm. Each man to his stool, with that spur as he would to the lip of his mistress. Your diet shall be in all places alike. Make not a city feast of it. To let the meat cool there, we can agree upon the first place. Sit, sit. The gods require our thanks. You great benefactors, sprinkle our society with thankfulness for your own gifts. Make yourselves praised, but reserve still to give, lest your deities be despised. Lend to each man enough that one need not lend to another, for were your godheads to borrow of men, men would forsake the gods. Make the meat be beloved more than the man that gives it. Let no assembly of twenty be without a score of villains. If there sit twelve women at the table, let a dozen of them be as they are. The rest of your fees, oh gods, the senators of Athens, together with the common lag of people, what is amiss in them, you gods make suitable for destruction. For these, my present friends, as they are to me nothing, so in nothing bless them, and to nothing they are welcome. Uncover dogs and lap. The dishes are uncovered and seem to be full of warm water. What does what does his lordship mean? I know not. May you a better feast to never behold, you naught of mouth friends. I smoke and lukewarm water is your perfection. This is Timon's last, who, stuck and spangled with your flatteries, washes it off and sprinkles in your faces your <laughs> reeking villainy. Throwing the water in their faces. Live loathed and long, most smiling, smooth, detested parasites, courteous destroyers, affable wolves, meek bears, you fools of fortune, 
Trencher friends, times flies, cap and knee slaves, vapors and minute jacks. Of man and beast, the infinite malady crust you quite o'er. What, dost thou go? Soft, take thy physic first. Thou too, and thou, stay. I will end thee money, borrow none. Throws the dishes at them and drives them out. What, all in motion, henceforth be no feast. Where the villain's not a welcome guest, burn house, sink Athens. Henceforth, hated be of time and man and all humanity. Exit. Re enter the lords, senators, and everyone. How now, my lords? Know you the quality of Lord Timon's fury? Bush, did you see my cap? <clears throat> I have lost my gown. He's but a mad lord, and not but humor sways him. Mm. He gave me a jewel the other day, and now he has beat it out of my hat. Did you see my jewel? Did you see my cap? Oh, here it is. Here lies my gown. Let's make no stay. Lord Timon's mad. I feel upon my bones. One day he gives us diamonds, the next day, stones. Exit. Act four, scene one, enter the, without the walls of Athens, enter Timon. Let me look back upon thee, O thou wall that girdlest in those wolves. Dive in the earth, and fence not Athens. Matrons turn incontinent, obedience fail in children, slaves and fools pluck the grave wrinkled senate from the bench and minister in their steads to general filths. Convert to the instant green virginity. Do it in your parents' eyes. Bankrupts hold fast rather than render back. Out with your knives and cut your trusters' throats. Bound servants steal. Large-handed robbers your grave masters are and pill by law. Made to thy master's bed. Thy mistress is of the brothel. Son of 16, pluck the line of crutch from thy old limping sire. With it, beat out his brains. Piety and fear, religion to the gods, peace, justice, and truth. Domestic awe, night rest, and neighborhood, instruction, manners, mysteries, and trades. Degrees, observances, customs, and laws decline to your confounding contraries, and let confusion live. Plagues, incident to men, your potent and infectious fevers heap on Athens ripe for stroke. Thou called sciatica. Cripple our senators, that their limbs may halt as lamely as their manners. Lust and liberty creep in the minds and marrows of our youth, that gates the stream of virtue they may strive and drown themselves in riot. Itches, blames, so all the Athenian bosoms and their crop be general leprosy. Breath infect breath. At their society is their friendship may merely poison. Nothing I'll bear from thee but nakedness, thou detestable town. Take thou that too, with multiplying bands, tablets where, where he shall find the unkindest beast, more kinder than mankind. God found, hear me, you good gods all, the Athenians both within and out that wall, and grant as time and grows, his hate may grow to the whole race of mankind, high and low. Um. Exit. Scene two, Athens, a room in Timon's house. Enter Flavius with two or three servants. Hear you, Master Steward. Where's our master? Are we undone? Cast off? Nothing remaining? Alack, 
my fellows. What should I say to you? Let me be recorded by the righteous gods. I am as poor as you. Such a house broke. So noble a master fallen. All gone and not one friend to take his fortune by the arm and go along with him. As we do turn our backs from our companion thrown into his grave, so his familiars to his buried fortune slink all away, leave their false vows with him like empty purses picked, and his poor self, a dedicated beggar to the air, with his disease of all shunned poverty, walks like contempt alone. More to our fellows. Enter other servants. All broken implements of a ruined house. Yet do our hearts wear time and delivery? That see I by our faces, we are fellows still, serving a light in sorrow. Leaked is our bark. And we poor mates stand on the dying deck, hearing the surge's threat. We must all part into the sea of air. Good fellows all. The latest of my wealth I'll share amongst you. Wherever we shall meet for Timon's sake, Let's yet be fellows. Let's shake our heads and say, as twere a knell unto our master's fortunes. We have seen better days. Let each take some, nay, put out all your hands. Not one word more. Thus, part we rich in sorrow, parting poor. Servants embrace and part several ways. The fierce wretchedness that glory brings us. <laughs> Who would not wish to be from wealth exempt? Since riches point to misery and contempt. Who would be so mocked with glory? Or to live but in a dream of friendship? Huh? To have his pomp and all what state compounds but only paint it like his varnished friends. Poor honest Lord, brought low by his own heart, undone by goodness. Strange, unusual blood. When man's worst sin is he does too much good, who then dares to be half so kind again? For bounty that makes gods does still mar men. My dearest Lord, blessed to be most accursed. Rich only to be wretched. Thy great fortunes are made thy chief afflictions. Alas, oh, kind Lord. He's flung in rage from this ingrateful seat. Of monstrous rents, nor has he with him to supply his life or that which can command it. I'll follow and inquire him out. I'll ever serve his mind with my best will. Must I have gold? I'll be his steward still. Exit. Scene three, woods and cave near the seashore. Enter Timon from the cave. Oh, blessed breeding sun, draw from the earth rotten humidity. Below thy sister's orb infect the air. Twinned brothers of one womb with procreation, residence, and birth, 
scarce is divident. Touch them with several fortunes. The greater scorns the lesser. Not nature, to whom all sores lay siege, can bear great fortune, but by contempt of nature. Praise me, this beggar, and deny that lord. The senator shall bear contempt hereditary. The beggar, native honor. It is the pasture lards the rother sides, the want that makes him lean. Who dares? Who dares? Impurity of manhood. Stand upright and say, this man's a flatterer. If one be, so are they all, for every grease of fortune is smoothed by that below. The learned pape ducks to the golden fool. All is oblique. There's nothing level in our cursed natures, but direct villainy. Therefore, be abhorred all feasts, societies, and throngs of men. His semblable, yea, himself, time and disdains. Destruction fang mankind. Earth, yield me roots. Begin. Who seeks for better of these? Sauce his palate with thy most operant poison. It is here. Gold? Yellow? Glittering precious gold? No, gods. I am no idle votarist. Roots, you clear heavens. Thus much of this will make black, white, foul, fair, wrong, right, base, noble, old, young, coward, valiant. <laughs> you gods, why this? What this, you gods? Why this will lug your priests and servants from your sides, pluck stout men's pillows from below their heads. This yellow slave will knit and break religions, bless the accursed, make the whore leprosy adored, place thieves and give them title, knee and approbation with senators on the bench. This is it that makes the weaponed widow wed again. She whom the spittle house and ulcer sores would cast the gorge at, this embalms and spices to the April day again. Come, damned earth, thou common whore of mankind, that quoth odds amongst the root of nations, I will make thee do thy right nature. March afar off. Ha, a drum, thou quick, but yet I'll bury thee. Thou'lt go, strong thief, when keepers of thee cannot stand. Hey thou out for earnest. Keeping some gold, enter Alcibiades with drum and fife in a warlike manner, Phrynia and Timandra. What art thou there? Speak. A beast as thou art. Canker gnaw thy heart for showing me again the eyes of man. What is thy name? I is am man so hateful to thee that art thyself a man? I am misanthropos and hate mankind. For thy part, I do wish thou wert a dog that I might love thee something. I know thee well. But in my fortunes, am unlearned and strange. Well, I know thee too, and more than that, I know thee, I not desire to know. Follow thy drum. With man's blood, paint the grounds, jewels, jewels, religious cannons. Civil laws are cruel. Then what should war be? This fell whore of thine hath in her more destruction than thy sword for all the her cherub and look. Thy lips rot off. I will not kiss thee, then the rock returns to thine own lips again. 
How came the noble Timon to this change? As the moon does, by wanting light to give, but then renew I could not like the moon. There were no sons to borrow of. Noble Timon, what friendship may I do to thee? None but to maintain my opinion. What is it, Timon? Promise me friendship, but perform none. If thou wilt not promise, the gods plague thee, for thou art a man. If thou dost perform, confound me, for thou art a man. I have heard in some sort of thy miseries. Thou sawst them when I had prosperity. I see them now. Then was blessed time. As thine is now, held with a brace of harlots. Is this the Athenian minion whom the world voiced so regardfully? Art thou Timandra? Yes. Be a whore still. They love thee not that use thee. Give them diseases, leaving with thee their lust. Make use of thy salt hours. Season the slaves for tubs and baths. Bring down rose-cheeked youth to the tub fast and the diet. Hang me, monster. Pardon him, <laughs> sweet Timandra, for his wits are drowned and lost in his calamities. I have but little gold of late, brave Timon, the want whereof doth daily make revolt in my penurious band. I have heard and grieved how cursed Athens, mindless of thy worth, forgetting thy great deeds, when neighbor states before thy sword and sweet fortune trod upon them. I prithee, beat thy drum and get thee gone. I am thy friend, and pity thee, dear Timon. How dost thou pity him whom thou dost trouble? I'd rather be alone. Why, fare thee well. Here is some gold for thee. Keep it. I cannot eat it. When I have laid proud Athens on a heap, I... Wars thou against Athens? Aye, Timon, and have cause. The gods confound them all in thy conquest, and thee after when... And thou hast conquered. Why me, Timon? Well, that by killing of villains thou wast born to conquer my country. Put up thy gold, go on. Here's gold, go on. Be as a planetary plague when Jove will or some high-viced city hang his poison in the sick air. Let not thy sword skip one. Pity not honored age for his white beard. He is an oozer. Strike me the counterfeit matron. It is her habit only that is honest, herself's a bod. Let not the virgin's cheek make soft thy transient sword, for those milk paps that through the window bars bore at men's eyes are not within the leaf of pity writ. But set them down, horrible traitors. Spare not the big whose dimpled smiles from fools exhaust their mercy. Think it a bastard, whom the oracle hath doubtfully pronounced thy throat shall cut, and mince it sans remorse. Swear against objects, put armor on thine ears and on thine eyes, whose proof nor yells of mothers, maids, nor babes, nor sight of priests and holy vestments bleeding shall purse. Here's a jot. There's gold to pay soldiers. Make large confusion, and thy fury spent, confounded be thyself. Speak not. Be gone. Hast, hast thou gold yet? I'll take the gold thou givest me, not all thy counsel. Dost thou or dost thou not? Heaven's curse upon thee. Give us some gold, good Timon. Hast thou more? 
enough to make a whore forswear her trade and to make whores a bod. Hold up, you sluts. Your aprons mounted. You're not oathable, although I know you'll swear, terribly swear, into strong shudders and to heavenly agues, the immortal gods that hear you. Spare your oaths. I'll trust to your conditions. Be whores still, and he whose pious breath seeks to convert you, be strong in whore. Allure him. Burn him up. Let your close fire predominate his smoke. And be no turncoats, yet may your pains six months be quite contrary, and thatch your poor thin roofs with burthens of dead, some that were hanged, no matter where the betray with them. Whore still, paint till a horse may mire upon your face a pox of wrinkles. Well, more gold. More gold. Then. Not then. Leave it. Leave it. We'll do, we'll do anything, anything gold. for gold. Consumption's so in hollow bones of man. Strike thy sharp shins and marsbury. Crack the lawyer's voice that he may never more false title plead, nor sound his quillets shrilly. Or the flamen that scolds against the quality of flesh and not believes himself. Down with the nose, down with it flat. Take the bridge quite away of him that his particular to foresee smells from the general wheel make curled pate ruffians bald. And let the unscarred braggarts of the war derive some pain from you. Plague all that your activity may defeat and quell the source of all erection. There's more gold. Do you damn others and let this damn you? And ditches grave you all. More, more accounts all with more money. Bounteous time in. More whore. More mischief first. I have given you earnest. Strike up the drum towards Athens. Farewell, Timon. If I thrive well, I'll visit thee again. If I hope well, I'll never see thee more. I never did thee harm. Yes, you spokest well of me. Callst thou that harm? Men daily find it. Get thee away and take thy beagles with thee. We but offend him. Strike! Drum beats, exit Alcibiades, Aphrinia, and Timandra. That nature being sick of man's unkindness should get me hungry. Common mother thou. <laughs> whose womb unmeasurable and infinite breast teems and feeds all, all the same self-same metal. Whereof thy proud child, arrogant man, is puffed and genders the black toad and adder blue, the gilded newt and eyeless venomed worm with all the abhorred births below crisp heaven, whereon Hyperion's quickening fire doth shine. Yield him, who all thy humans, sons, doth hate. From forth thy plenteous bosom, one poor root, and sear thy fertile and conceptuous womb. Let it no more bring out ungrateful man. Go great with tigers, dragons, wolves, and bears. Team with new monsters whom thy upward face hath to the marbled mansion all above, never presented. Oh, a root. Oh, dear, thanks. Dry up thy marrows, vines, and plow-torn lees, whereof ungrateful man with licorice drafts and morsels unctuous grace is his pure mind that from it all consideration slips. Enter Apomantis. Oh, more man, plague, plague. I was directed hither. Men report thou dost affect my manners and dost use them. Tis then because thou dost not keep a dog whom I would imitate 
Consumption catch thee. This is in thee a nature but infected, a poor, unmanly melancholy sprung from change of fortune. Why this spade, this place, this slave-like habit, and these looks of care? By flatterers yet wear silk, drink wine, lie soft, hug their diseased perfumes, and have forgot that ever time and was. Shame not these woods by putting on the cunning of a carper. Be thou a flatterer now, and seek to thrive by that which has undone thee. Hinge thy knee, and let his very breath whom thou'lt observe blow off thy cap. Praise his most vicious strain, and call it excellent. Thou hast told thus, thou gavest thine ears like tapsters that bid welcome to knaves and all approachers. Tis most just that thou hast turned rascal. Hadst thou wealth again, rascal should have to. Do not assume my likeness. Were I like thee, I'd throw away myself. Thou hast cast away thyself, being like thyself. A madman so long, now a fool. What? Thinkst that the bleak air, thy boisterous chamberlain, will put thy shirt on warm? Will these mossed trees that have outlived the eagle page thy heels and skip where thou point'st? Will the cold brook, candied with ice, cobble thy morning taste to cure thy o'ernight surfeit? Call the creatures whose natures live in, live in, in the spite of reekful heaven, whose bare unhoused trunks to the conflicting elements exposed answer mere nature. Bid them flatter thee. Oh, thou shalt find. The fool of thee, depart. I love thee better now than e'er I did. I hate thee worse. Why? Thou flatterest misery. I flatter not, but say thou art a caitiff. Why dost thou seek me out? To vex thee. Always a villain's office or a fool's, dost please thyself in it? Aye. What a knave, too. If thou didst put this sour, cold habit on to castigate thy pride, twere well. But thou dost it enforcedly. Thou'dst courture thee again, wert thou not beggar. Willing misery outlives in certain pomp, is crowned before. The one is filling still, never complete. The other at high wish. Best state, contentless, hath a distracted and most wretched being, worse than the worst, content. Thou shouldst desire to die being miserable. Not by his breath that is more miserable. Thou art a slave whom fortune's tender arm with favor never clasped, but bred a dog. Hadst thou, like us, from our first swath proceeded the sweet degrees that this brief world affords to such as made the passive drugs of it freely command, thou wouldst have plunged thyself in general riot, melted down thy youth in different beds of lust, and never learned the icy precepts of respect, but followed the sugar game before thee. But myself, who had the world as my confectionery, the mouths, the tongues, the eyes, and hearts of men, at duty, more than I could frame employment, that numberless upon me, stuck as leaves do on the oak, hive with one winter's brush, fell from their boughs and left me open, bare for every storm that blows. I, to bear this, that never knew but better, is some burden. Thy nature did commence in sufferance, time hath made me harden it. Why shouldst thou hate men? They never flattered thee. What hast thou given? If thou wilt curse thy father, that poor rag must be thy subject. Who, in spite, put stuff to some she beggar and compounded thee, poor rogue hereditary. Hence, begone, if thou hadst not been the worst of men, thou hadst been a knave and a flatterer. Art thou 
proud yet. I that I am not thee. I, I that I was no prodigal. I that I am one now. Were all the wealth I have shot up in thee, I'd give thee leave to hang it. Get thee gone. That the whole life of Athens was eating a root. Here, I will mend thy feast. Offering him a root. First mend my company. Take away thyself. So shall I mend mine own by the lack of thine. It was not well mended so. It is but botched. If not, I would have were. What wouldst thou have to Athens? Thee, thither in a whirlwind. If thou wilt, tell them, tell them that I have gold. Look, so I have. Here's no use for gold. Well, the best and truest, for here it sleeps. And does no hired harm. Where lies the night's time? Under that's above me. Where feeds thou? Days, Apomantus. Where my stomach finds meat, or rather where I eat it. Would poison were obedient and knew my mind. Where wouldst thou send it? To sauce thy dishes. The middle of humanity thou never knewest, but the extremity of both ends. When thou wast in thy guilt and thy perfume, they mocked thee for too much curiosity. In thy rags thou knowest none, but art despised for the contrary. There's meddler for thee. Eat it. On what I hate, I feed not. Thou'st hate a meddler. Aye, though it look like thee. And thou hadst hated meddlers sooner, thou shouldst have loved thyself better now. What man didst thou ever know unthrift that was beloved after his means? Who, without those means thou talkest of, didst thou ever know beloved? Myself. I understand thee. Thou hadst some means to keep a dog. What things in the world canst thou nearest compare to thy flatterers? Women nearest. But men, men are the things themselves. What wouldst thou do with the world, Apomantus, if it lay in thy power? Give it to the beasts to be rid of men. Wouldst thou have thyself full in the confusion of men and remain a beast with the beasts? Right, Simon. If thou wert the lion, the fox would beguile thee. If thou wert the lamb, the fox would eat thee. If thou wert the fox, the lion would suspect thee. When peradventure thou wert accused by the ass, if thou wert the ass, thy dullness would torment thee. And still thou livest, but as a breakfast to the wolf. If thou wert the wolf, why, greedy, greediness would afflict thee. And oft thou should hazard thy life for thy dinner. Wert thou the unicorn, pride and wrath would confound thee and make thine own self a conquest of thy fury. Wert thou a bear, thou wouldst be killed by the horse. Wert thou a horse, thou wouldst be seized by the leopard. Wert thou a leopard, thou wert German to the lion, and the spots of thy kindred were jewelers on thy life. All thy safety were emotion, and thy defense absence. What beast could thou be that were not subject to a beast? And what a beast art thou already that seest not thy loss in transformation? If thou couldst please me with speaking to me, thou mightst have hit upon it here. The commonwealth of Athens has become a forest of beasts. How has the ass broke the wall that thou art out of the city? 
Yonder comes a poet and a painter, the plague of company light upon me. I will fear to catch it and give way when I know not what else to do. I'll see thee again. Oh, and there is nothing living but thee, thou shalt be welcome. I had rather be a beggar's dog than Apomantis. Thou art the cap of all the fools alive. Would thou wert clean enough to spit on. Ooh, a plague on thee! Thou art too bad to curse. All villains that do stand by thee are pure. There is no leprosy but what thou speak'st. Well, if I name thee, I'll beat thee, but I should infect my hands. I would my tongue could rot them off. Away, thou issue of a mangy dog. Collar does kill me that thou art alive. I swooned to see thee. Would thou would burst. Away, thou tedious rogue, I am sorry. I shall lose a stone by thee. Throws a stone at him. Beast! Slave! Toad! Rogue, rogue, rogue! I am sick of this false world, and I will love not, but even the mere necessities upon it. Then, Timon, present... Presently, prepare thy grave. Lie, where the light foam the sea may beat. Thy gravestone daily, make thine epitaph, that death in me at others' lives may laugh. The gold. Oh, thou sweet king killer, and dear divorce twixt natural son and sire, thou bright defiler of Hymen's purest bed, thou valiant Mars, thou ever young, fresh, loved and delicate wooer whose blush doth thaw the consecrated snow that lies on Diane's lap. Thou visible god that soldierest close impossibilities and makest them kiss, that speakest with every tongue to every purpose. Oh, thou touch of hearts, think thy slave man rebe rebels and by thy virtue set them into confounding odds that beasts may have the world in empire. Would twere so, but not till I am dead. I'll say thou'st gold, thou wilt be thronged too shortly. Thronged too? Aye. Thy back, I prithee. Live and love thy misery. Long live so, and so die. Exit Epimantus. I am quit. Mold things like men. Eat, Timon, and abhor them. Enter Banditi. Where should he have this gold? It is some poor fragment, some slender sort of his remainder. The mere want of gold and the falling from of his friends drove him into this melancholy. It is noised he hath a mass of treasure. Let us make the assay upon him. If he care not for it, he will supply us easily. If he covetously reserve it, how shalls get it? True, for he bears it not about him, tis hid. Ooh, is not this he? Where? Where? Tis his description. He, I know him. Save thee, Save thee, Timon. Now, thieves. Soldiers. Oh, not thieves. Both to and women's sons. We are not thieves. We are not thieves. Not thieves. Men that much but do men want. that much do want. Your greatest want is you want much of meat. Why should you want? Behold, the earth hath roots. Within this mile break forth a hundred springs. 
the oaks bear masks, the briars scarlet hips, the bounteous housewife nature on each bush lays her full mess before you. Want? Why want? We cannot live on grass, on berries, water, as beasts and birds and fishes. Nor on the beasts themselves, the birds and fishes. You must eat men. Yet thanks I must you, con, that you are thieves professed, that you work not in holier shapes, for there is boundless theft in limited professions. Rascal thieves, here's gold. Go suck the subtle blood of the grape till the high fever seethe your blood to froth and so scape hanging. Trust not the physician, his antidotes are poison. And he slays more than you rob. Take wealth and lives together. Do villainy, do, since you protest to do it. Like workmen, I'll example you with thievery. The son's a thief. And with his great attraction robs the vast sea. The moon's an errant thief, and her pale fire she snatches from the sun. The sea's a thief, whose liquid surge resolves the moon into salt tears. The earth's a thief that feeds and breeds by a composter stolen from general excrement. Each thing's a thief. The laws, your curb and whip, in their rough power have unchecked theft. Love not yourselves. Away! Rob one another! <laughs> There's more gold. Cut throats! All that you meet are thieves. To Athens go, break open shops. Nothing can you steal, but thieves do lose it. <laughs> steal no less for this. I give you, and gold confound you howsoever. Amen. Has almost charmed me from my profession by persuading me to do it? Tis in the malice of mankind that he thus advises us not to have us thrive in our mystery. I'll believe him as an enemy and give over my trade. Let us first see peace in Athens. There is no time so miserable what a man may be true. Exit Banditi, enter Flavius. Oh, you gods. Is yon despised and ruinous man, my lord, full of decay and failing? Oh. Monument and wonder of good deeds, evilly bestowed an alteration of honor has desperate want made. What viler thing upon the earth than friends who can bring noblest minds to basest ends? <laughs> How rarely does it meet with this time's guise when man was wished to love his enemies? Grant I might ever love and rather woo those who would mischief me than those that do. He's caught me in his eye. I will present my honest grief unto him, and as my lord still serve him with my life. Uh, my dearest master. Away! What art thou? Have you forgot me, sir? Why dost ask that? I have forgot all men. Then if thou grantest thou art a man, I have forgot thee. An honest, poor servant of yours? Oh, then I know thee not. I never had honest men about me. I, oh, I kept were knaves to serve in meat to villains. The gods are witness. Ne'er did poor Stuart wear a truer grief for his undone lord than mine eyes for you. What, dost thou weep? Come nearer, then I love thee, because thou art a woman, and disclaimest flinty mankind, whose eyes do never give but 
thorough lust and laughter. Pity's sleeping, strange times that weep with laughing, not with weeping. I beg you to know me, good my lord, to accept my grief, and whilst this poor wealth lasts, to entertain me as your steward still. Had I a steward so true, so just, and now so comfortable? It almost turns my dangerous nature mild. Let me behold thy face. Surely this man was born of woman. <laughs> Forgive my general and acceptless rashness, you perpetual sober gods. I do proclaim one honest man. Mistake me not. But one, no more, I pray. And he's a steward. How fain would I have hated all mankind, and thou redeemest thyself. But all save thee I fell with curses. Methinks thou art more honest now than wise, for by oppressing and betraying me, thou mightst have sooner got another service, for many so arrive at second masters upon their first lord's neck. But tell me true, for I must ever doubt, though ne'er so sure, is not thy kindness subtle, covetous, if not a usuring kindness, and as rich men deal gifts, expecting in return twenty for one? No, my most worthy master, in whose breast doubt and suspect, alas, are placed too late. You should have feared false times when you did feast. Suspect still comes when, where an estate is leased. That which I know, heaven knows, is merely love, duty, and zeal to your unmatched mind. Care of your food and living, and believe it, my most honored Lord, for any benefit that points to me, either in hope or present, I'd exchange for this one wish, that you had power and wealth to requite me by making rich yourself. Well, look thee, tis so. Thou singly honest man, here, take. The gods out of my misery have sent thee treasure. Go, live rich and happy, but thus conditioned thou shalt build from men. Hate all, curse all, show charity to none, but let the famished flesh slide from the bone. Ere thou believe the beggar, give to dogs. What thou deniest to men, let prisons swallow them. Debts wither them to nothing, but men like blasted woods and may diseases lick up their false bloods. And so, farewell and thrive. Oh, let me stay and comfort you, my master. If thou hatest curses, stay not. Fly, whilst thou art blessed and free. Ne'er see thou man, and let me ne'er see thee. That Flavius, Timon retires to his cave. Act five, scene one, the woods near Timon's cave enter poet and painter, Timon watching them from his cave. As a note of the place, it cannot be far where he abides. What's to be thought of him? Does the rumor hold for true that he's so full of gold? Certain Alcibiades reports it. Berenia and Tamandra had gold of him. He likewise enriched poor straggling soldiers with his great comedy, uh, with his great quantity. Tis said he gave unto his steward a mighty sum. Then this breaking off of his but been a try for his friends. 
nothing else. You shall see him a palm in Athens again and flourish with the highest. Therefore, tis not amiss we tender our loves to him. In this supposed distress of his, it will show honestly in us, as is very likely to load our purposes when they travail for, if it be a just true report of that those of his having. What have you now to present unto him? Oh, nothing at this time, but my visitation only. I will promise him an excellent peace. Hmm. I must serve him so too. Tell him of an intent that's coming toward him. Hmm. Good is the best. Promising is very air of the time. It opens the eyes of expectation. Performance is ever the duller for his act, but in the plainer and simpler kind of people, the deed of saying is quite out of use. To promise is most courtly and fashionable. Performance is a kind of will or testament, which uh, argues a great sickness in his judgment that makes it. Simon comes from his cave behind. Excellent workman. Thou canst not paint a man so bad as is thyself. I am thinking what I shall say I have provided for him. It must be a personating of himself, a satire against the softness of prosperity with the discovery of the infinite flatteries that follow youth and opulency. Must thou needs stand for a villain in thy own work? Wilt thou whip thine own faults in other men? Do so, I have gold for thee. Nay, let's seek him. Then do we sin against our own estate when we may profit meet and come too late? True. When the day serves before black-cornered night, find what thou wantest by free and offered light. Come. I'll meet you at the turn. What God's gold, that he is worshipped in a baser temple than where swine feed. Tis thou that riggest the bark and plows the foam, settlest admired reverence in a slave to thee be worship, and thy saints, for I be crowned with plagues that thee alone obey. Fit, I need them. Coming forward. Hail, worthy Timon. Our late noble master. Have I once lived to see two honest men? Sir, having often of your open bounty tasted, Hearing you were retired, your friends fallen off, whose thankless natures, oh, horrid spirits, not all the whips of heaven are large enough. What? To you, whose star-like nobleness gave life and influence to their whole being? I am wrapped and cannot cover the monstrous bulk of this ingratitude with any size of words. Let it go naked. Men may see it the better. You that are honest, by being what you are, make them best seen and known. He and myself have travailed in the great shower of your gifts and sweetly felt it. Aye, you are honest men. We are hither come to offer you our service. Most honest men. Why, how shall I requite you? Can you eat roots and drink cold water? No. What we can do, we'll do, we'll do to your service. service. You're honest men. You've heard that I have gold. I, I'm sure you have. Speak truth. You're honest men. 
So it is said, my noble lord, but therefore came not my friend, nor I. Good honest men, thou drawest a counterfeit best in all Athens. Thou art indeed the best. Thou, thou counterfeitest most lively. Oh, so, 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 my lord. Even so, sir, as I say, and for thy fiction, why, thy verse swells with stuff so fine and smooth that thou art even natural in thine art. But for all this, my honest-natured friends, I must needs say you have a little fault. Mary, tis not monstrous in you, neither wish I you take much pains to mend. I beseech your honor to make it known. Make, make it known to us. You'll take it ill. <laughs> Most thankfully, thankfully my, lord. my lord. Will you indeed? Worthy lord. Doubt it not. Doubt it not. There's never a one of you but trusts a knave that mightily deceives you. Do we? <laughs> Do we, my lord? Aye, and you hear him cog, see him dissemble, know his gross patchery, love him, feed him, keep him in your bosom, yet remain assured that he's a made-up villain. I know none such, my lord. Nor I. Look you, I love you well, I'll give you gold. Rid me these villains from your companies, hang them or stab them, drown them in a draft, confound them by some course and come to me. I'll give you gold enough. Name them. My lord, let's know them. Let's know them. You that way and you this, but two in company, each man apart, all single and alone, yet an arch villain keeps him company. If where thou art, two villains shall not be. Come not near him, if thou wouldst not reside, but where one villain is, then him abandon. Hence, pack, here's gold. You came for gold, you slaves. You have worked for me, there's payment for you, hence. You are an alchemist, make gold of that. Out, rascal dogs. Eats them out and then retires to his cave. Enter Flavius and two senators. It is in vain that you would speak with Timon, for he is set so only to himself, that nothing but himself, which looks like man, is friendly with him. Bring us to his cave. It is our part and promise to the Athenians to speak with Timon. <sighs> At all times alike, men are not still the same. Twas time and griefs that framed him thus. Time with his fair hand offering the fortunes of his former days, the former man may make him. Bring us to him and chance it as it may. <sighs> Here is his cave. Peace and be content be here. Lord Timon, Timon, look out and speak to friends. The Athenians, by two of their most reverend senate, greet thee. Speak to them, noble Timon. Timon comes from his cave. Thou son that comforts burn. Speak and be hanged for each true word of blister. In each false, be as cauterizing to the root of the tongue, consuming it with speaking. Worthy Timon. Of none but such as you, and you of Timon. The senators of Athens greet thee, Timon. I thank them, and would send them back the plague, but could I but catch it for them? Oh, forget what we are sorry for ourselves in thee. The senators, with one consent of love, entreat thee back to Athens, who have thought on special dignities which vacant lie 
for thy best use and wearing. They confess towards thee forgetfulness, too general, gross, which now the public body, which doth seldom play the recanter, feeling in itself a lack of Timon's aid, hath sense with all of its own of its own fail, restraining aid to Timon, and sent forth us to make their sorrowed render together with a recompense more fruitful than their offense can weigh down by the dram. As even such heaps and sums of love and wealth as shall to thee blot out what wrongs were theirs and write in thee the figures of their love, ever to read them thine. You rich me in it. Surprise me to the very brink of tears. Lend me a fool's heart and a woman's eyes, and I'll beweep these comfortless worthy senators. Therefore, so please thee to return with us, and of our Athens, thine and ours, to take the captainship, thou shalt be met with thanks, allowed with absolute power, and thy good name live with authority. So soon we shall drive back of Alcibiades the approaches wild who, like a boar too savage, doth root up his country's peace. And shakes his threatening sword against the wall of Athens. Therefore, Timon. Oh, well, sir, I will. Therefore, I will, sir, thus. If Alcibiades kill my countrymen, let Alcibiades know this of Timon. But Timon cares not. But if he sack fair Athens and take our goodly aged men by the beards, giving our holy virgins to the stain of contumulous, beastly, mad-brained war, then let him know and tell him, time and speaks it, in pity of our age and our youth. I cannot choose but tell him that I care not. And let him take it at worst, for their knives care not, while you have throats to answer. For myself, there's not a whittle in the unruly camp, but I do prize it at my love before the reverend's throat in Athens. So I leave you to the protection of the prosperous gods as thieves to keepers. Stay not. All's in vain. Why, I was writing my epitaph. It will be seen tomorrow. My long sickness of health and living now begins to mend, and nothing brings me all things. Go live still. Be Alcibiades your plague, you his, and last so long enough. We speak in vain. But yet I love my country, and am not one that rejoices in the common wreck, as common ruin doth put it. That's well spoke. Commend me to my loving countrymen. These words become your lips as they pass through them. And enter in our ears like great triumphers in their applauding gates. Commend me to them, and tell them that to ease them of their griefs, their fears of hostile strokes, their aches, losses, their pangs of love with other incident throws, that nature's fragile vessel doth sustain in life's uncertain voyage, I will some kindness do them. I'll teach them to prevent wild Alcibiades' wrath. I like this well. You will return again. I have a tree which grows here in my close that mine own use invites me to cut down, and shortly must I fell it. Tell my friends. Tell Athens, in the sequence of degree from high to low throughout, that whoso pleased to stop affliction, let him take his haste. Come hither, ere my tree hath felt the axe, and hang himself. I pray you, do my greeting. Trouble him no further. Thus you still shall find him. 
come to me not again, but say to Athens, Timon hath made his everlasting mansion upon the beached verge of the salt flood, who once a day with his embossed froth the turbulent surge shall cover. Thither come and let my gravestone be your oracle. Lips, let sour words go by and language end. What is amiss, plague and infection mend? Graves only by men's works and death their gain. Sun, hide thy beams. Timon hath done his reign. Retires to his cave. His discontents are unremovably coupled to nature. Our hope in him is, our hope in him is dead. Let us return and strain what other means is left unto us in our dear peril. It requires swift foot. Exempt. Scene two before the walls of Athens. Enter two senators and a messenger. Thou hast painfully discovered, are his files as full as they report? Have spoke the least, and besides his expedition promises, present approach. We stand much hazard if they bring not Timon. I met a courier, uh, one mine ancient friend, whom, though in general part we were opposed, yet our old love made a particular force and made us speak like friends. Uh, this man was riding from Alcibiades to Timon's cave with letters of entreaty, which imported his fellowship in the cause against your city, in part for his sake moved. Here come our brothers. Enter the senators from Timon. No talk of Timon. Nothing of him expect. The enemy's drum is heard, and fearful scouring doth choke the air with dust in, in and prepare. Ours is to fall, I fear. Our foe's the snare. Exempt. Scene three, the woods, Timon's cave, and a rude tomb scene. Enter a soldier seeking Timon. By all description, this should be the place. Who's here? Speak, Co. No answer. What is this? <clears throat> Timon is dead, who hath outstretched his span. Some beast reared this. There does not live a man. Dead, sure. And this his grave. What's on this tomb I cannot read. The character I'll take with wax. Our captain hath in every figure skill an aged interpreter, though young in days. Before proud Athens, he's set down by this, whose fall the mark of his ambition is. Exit. Scene four before the walls of Athens. Trumpet sound. Enter Alcibiades with his powers. Down to this coward and lascivious town, our terrible approach. A parley sounded. Enter senators on the walls. Till now, you have gone on and filled the time with all licentious measure, making your wills the scope of justice. Till now, myself and such, as slept within the shadow of your power, have wandered with our traversed arms and breathed our sufferances vainly. Now, the time is flush, when crouching marrow in the bearer strong cries of itself, no more. Now breathless wrong shall sit and pant in your great chairs of ease, and Percy insolence shall break his wind with fear and horrid flight. Noble and young, 
when thy first griefs were but a mere conceit, ere thou hadst power or we had cause of fear, we sent to thee to give thy rages balm, to wipe out our ingratitude with loves above their quantity. So did we woo, transformed time into our city's love by humble message and by promised means. We were not all unkind, nor all deserve the common stroke of war. These walls of ours were not erected by thy hands, from whom you have received your griefs, nor are they such that these great towers, trophies, and schools should fall for private faults in them. Nor are they living who were the motives that you first went out. Shame that they wanted cunning, in excess hath broke their hearts. March, noble lord, into our city with the banners spread by decimation and tithed death. If thy revengers, if their revenges hunger for that food, which nature loathes, Take thou the destined tenth, and by the hazard of the spotted die, let die the spotted. All have not offended. Those that were, it is not square to take on those that are. Revenges. Crimes, like lands, are not inherited. Then, dear countrymen, bring in thy ranks, but leave without thy rage. Spare thy Athenian cradle and those kin which in the bluster of thy wrath must fall with those that have offended. Like a shepherd approach the fold and cull the infected forth, but kill not all together. What thou wilt, thou rather shalt enforce it with thy smile than hew to it with thy sword. Set but thy foot against our rampart gates and they shall ope. So thou wilt send thy gently heart before to say thou'lt enter friendly. Throw thy glove or any token of thine honor else that thou wilt use the wars as thy redress and not as our confusion all thy powers shall make, thy, make their harbors in our town till we have sealed thy full desire. And there's my glove. Descend and open your uncharged ports. Those enemies of Timon's and mine own whom you yourselves shall set out for reproof, fall and no more. And to atone your fears with my more noble meaning, not a man shall pass his quarter or offend the stream of regular justice in your city's bounds, but shall re be rendered to your public laws at heaviest answer. Tis, Tis most, most nobly spoken. Descend and keep your words. The senators descend and open the gates. Enter soldier. My noble general, Timon is dead, entombed upon the very hem of the sea, and on his gravestone this in sculpture, which with wax I brought away, whose soft impression interprets for my poor ignorance. Here lies a wretched corpse, of wretched soul bereft. Seek not my name, a plague could soon be whipped, wicked Titus left. Here lie I, Timon, who, alive, all living men did hate. Pass by and curse thy fill, but pass and stay not here thy gate. These well express in thee thy latter spirits. Though thou abhorst in us our human griefs, scornst our brains flow and those are droplets, which from niggard nature fall, yet rich conceit taught thee to make vast Neptune weep, weep for I. On thy low grave, on faults forgiven. Dead is a noble Timon, of whose memory hereafter more. 
bring me into your city and I will use the olive with my sword. Make war breed peace, make peace stint war, make each prescribe to other as each other's leech. Let our drum strike. Excellent. The end. Oh. Yeah! <laughs> One, two, three. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> what a wonderful frame. Hakuna Matata. Oh.